The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team getting points. What's better than that? All right, it's here. Uh, plenty to make of the week as far as the best story of the week, maybe of the season, is what Washington State has done on the football field. But College Game Day is headed finally to the Palouse. It'll be there. I'll be there. Bear obviously will be there. Bear, the reaction. Are, are we ready to go? Absolutely ready to go. It's 15 years in the making from the time our, our guy Tom Pound started it in Austin prior to uh, L. Roberson, Kansas State at Texas, in what was a great game. 217 uh-huh. uh, appearances later, we're finally making out there. We, we have been a couple of closest co- close calls. Like We yeah. thought about maybe doing the 100th show or the 150th appearance. The Stanford game a couple of years ago was really close. Still mad just, about that one. Uh, haven't, haven't worked out, but uh, everyone on the show I know is fired up to finally be making out the Pullman. I, I can't wait, and I know uh, a lot of people haven't ever been there. I was fortunate enough to play there and take it all in, and one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in was Ryan Leaf's last game there. Let's talk about that at the end of the podcast because I know people don't want to hear have us have fun. They want picks, and we're hot. We're hot. I don't even know what to do with myself. I'm fending off radio interviews like crazy, trying to keep my voice for the podcast. You should be. Uh, um, I no, don't, fl- you don't want to move these lines too early either. Us. <laughs> I took a flight out to Arizona. I'll be at the Stanford, Arizona state game Thursday night, then flying up to see you and the, and the game day crew doing a hit on Van Pelt show Friday night. And then, uh, we'll be seeing where we are Saturday. Um, but, uh, we got David Pollock to, to go over a couple things. You know, we're at the halfway point of the season. That was your idea. I loved it. Um, so we run through a bunch of, I had a couple of hypotheticals for him. Just, you know, we get to that, you know, uh, this is when you start calling your Vegas guys, right? Exactly right. To, Alabama to... versus team A, B, C, and D on a neutral field. <laughs> UCF versus team A, B, C, D on a neutral field. Notre Dame versus blah, 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 blah. That'll be soon enough. Yes, it will be. Um, so we got that with David, uh, plenty of other stuff. We talks about Georgia. Uh, what he saw from them last week and, and moving forward. Uh, but before we do that, I want to give a little pick. We got a, do we have the same pick of a noon game on Saturday? I, I, I believe we do. We got an early and we got a late. And, and you and, and, and cause you just said you're, you're in Arizona and I, I am. I'm, I'm in, I'm in Connecticut. Uh-huh. We, have, we have no idea of anybody's picks. And, we and, do not. and you said to me when we were prepping for this, the Temple Cincinnati game is at nooner, right? And I said, yes, it is. Are you on Temple? And you said, yep. And I said, awesome, because last week we were on Duke and BC. And you, UCLA is a money line, and they all won. And we both love Temple, I believe, this week. Uh, I, I, I do. Here, I, this is this is one of those that I, I've been pretty good at finding this year. And I'm not saying I'm the only one out there. There's plenty of us out there. You know, the Sharps are, you know, we always hear about the Sharps. But they've, they've been on this. But Cincinnati is going to Temple. It's a, uh, Cincinnati is undefeated, ranked 20th now, are they? I believe that's yeah. correct. Temple, uh, at home. We know how we feel about the noon games in Philadelphia. You know, the Eagle Stadium, the link, not a lot of atmosphere, we'll just say. But Cincinnati, one out of eight undefeated teams left remaining. The highest ranking since 09 with Brian Kelly when they were number four in the country. Uh, they're bowl eligible for the first time in three years. The defensive stats are, are off the charts. 
Um, they're fourth in total defense in yards per game, and they're getting three points. Gimme Temple. Makes no sense. And, and, and I think on, on Thursday night on winners, I think that'll be a clean trifecta sweep of, uh, of Temple if I had to guess. But you, but you're right. Ever since the, the Owls inserted Anthony Russo at quarterback, their mm-hmm. offense has an entirely different dimension. And I think even if Armstead can't go, they can now throw the ball to score points. And, and you mentioned about undefeated, underdog. On the, I went back and looked. The last time you had a team with at least three losses that was favored over a team that was 6-0 and or better was 2015. And I think we were both on that game that day, if I can remember correctly. Oh, it was UCF. It, it was undefeated Utah at 4-3 oh, and three UCLA. I mean, 4-3 and three USC. USC, And yep. USC beat them by 18, and I don't think the game was that close. Hey, that's, that's good stuff. I was also thinking about Temple. We were on... Way back with UCF, they were a double-digit dog at, at home, and mm-hmm. they won in a noon, in noon situation. Yeah, we, um, we were on Temple a lot uh, the year that they wound up winning the AAC. I mean, they were a dog against yes. Navy a couple of times. They, they were mm-hmm. they were they, Matt Rule's boys were barking for us that year. Yeah, and the Owls have been good to us. So uh, that's an early noon pick. We wanted to give you early, early on. Uh, let's let's get to David Pollock, and then we'll get the rest of our picks after we hear from him. These days, you can practically get everything on demand. Like our podcast, listen whenever you want when it's convenient for you. Did you know you can even get postage on demand? All you need is Stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. Buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package, including those Georgia Southern and Buffalo overseas and win total tickets that you can mail back on Monday after they win this weekend. All are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just click print. Mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale. You can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage every time. Right now, use BETS, B-E-T-S, for this special offer. A four-week trial includes postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BETS, B-E-T-S. That's Stamps.com, BETS. David Pollock joining us this week on... Stanford Steve and the Bear. I guess before we look ahead to this to this week, uh, we'll kind of look back to last week and then spin it to this week. Last week, you and I were in Ann Arbor. We saw Michigan completely dominate uh, Wisconsin in that game. Uh, the Wolverines looked like a completely different team from how they looked earlier in the year. This week, they go to their big rival in East Lansing. We know Mark D'Antonio has been dominant. Uh, in this series, 10-1 and one against the numbers, beating them eight times outright. The narrative on Harbaugh versus his rivals, 1-6 against Ohio State and Michigan State and, and, and Notre Dame. What did you see from Michigan last week, if anything, to make you think that they're a different team from the start of the year and they actually are a team that can contend for the Big Ten title and possibly make the college football playoff? Well, regardless of Wisconsin being banged up and Wisconsin not being close to a college football playoff team, you know, that's a team that I think last year you could have seen Michigan still sputter offensively and still not have the physical ground game. And I'll tell you what, first week, big worries. You're watching the offensive lines in Michigan, and it wasn't just, say, Patterson, the offensive line not creating a bunch of space, you know, uh, building an identity with Shea Patterson. I think they know more now 
who they are. They know more now what Shea Patterson can do. They, they've got to use him as a runner. That's, that's one of his biggest strengths. You see him take off in every game and make big chunk plays. And uh, By the way, running quarterbacks help offensive lines. I don't think their offensive line is a dominant force, but when you start to have a running back making that backside defensive end hold and, and guard basically, and basically play the, uh, the quarterback, you lose an extra guy in the box. And listen, championship-level defense in Michigan, we know that. We know they're going to bring it. Rashawn Gary hasn't been playing, and they're still dominating folks, and um, they still they looked apart the part defensively and offensively. It's going to be one of those things for me, you know, week to week, does the offense stay consistent? I think Shea Patterson's feet will, does his arm. And, you know, I think, Bear, I think that narrative you just threw out there, by the way, is a good thing for Michigan this week. This is a big game. Both of these teams getting up after a big week last week that they were amping up, but everybody's going to talk about Harbaugh, their rivals. If there's anybody in this roster that takes Michigan State lightly, they're not very bright um, because, of, because of the past success. And I think this week uh, it'll be all hands on deck and everybody will be well aware of how good Michigan State is. Uh, another result last week, which I, I think of the fashion that it happened, uh, surprised a lot of people, was the way Georgia looked and lost in Baton Rouge last week. The offense looked terrible. The the, the, the fake uh, field goal early in the game didn't go to plan, and it kind of just set the tone. Last year we saw Georgia bounce back from a from a pretty bad road loss against a, a ranked team, rally, win the East, win the SEC, nearly win the national championship. Uh, where are we right now with Georgia? Do they have the pieces? Are they in the right mental and physical state right now to be able to make a similar type move this week, this year. I mean, we won't see them until the cocktail party next week. Yeah, you know, ironically, you know, Bear, the, the thing last year that changed the most was they inserted Ben Cleveland into the lineup at right guard and shuffled the offensive line. Well, Ben Cleveland's been out for several weeks with a, with a broken bone in his leg, and I think he comes back probably in a couple of weeks and maybe for the cocktail party, maybe, maybe not. So that might be a difference. But, you know, one thing about – you know, Jake Fromm last year had a poor game against Auburn. The offensive line had a poor game against Auburn. They bounced back, and they had, you know, much better days. I think Holyfield-driven, you have to be Swift-driven. That has to be a priority. But Jake Fromm has to give you more. He left a lot of plays last week on the field that need to be made. Nicole Hardman had a big drop. They run a flea flicker, and uh, Robinson, Demetrius Robinson could have caught the ball on the sideline, but he kind of bobbled it and was out of bounds. But Jake should have thrown a better, a better throw. You know, it's going to be very interesting to me to watch Georgia and the quarterback dynamic over the next couple of weeks because we've talked about it there a lot. And we've talked about Justin Fields. Well, Justin Fields came in the game and he runs basically like a wildcat. And to me, that's kind of surprising because the kid's got some serious gifts that you can really, really see. I think you'll start to see a little more Justin Fields and more zone read stuff. We just talked about it with Safe Patterson, how much it makes a difference. It'll make a difference too because this is a good offensive line. Remember last week, Solomon's playing left guard at about 50, 60, 70% tops. You know, Ben Cleveland's out. You're playing some freshmen on the offensive line, so there's some guys up front that you, uh, you know, going against a really good team that you struggled and you, you need to get better. So I think it'll be fun to watch Georgia bounce back and they need to get healthy and they'll have a couple weeks to do it. You look at the score last week and you see Ohio State didn't allow a ton of points to Minnesota, but you watch the game and you look at their defense and it, uh, I think the game told a little bit more different of a story. Now you're going to Purdue. The last time you were on the road and you were favored by more than two touchdowns in an opponent's field, you got raced at Kinnick, losing by 31 last year at Iowa. 
you're playing the offense, which has more 25-yard plays than any other team in the Big Ten. Yeah, is Saturday night in West Lafayette, is this going to be uh, 2017 Iowa all over again, or does Ohio State, you think, win convincingly? Well, you know, there's a couple things. Rondell Moore, first of all, we, there we know about him, but America probably hadn't seen him enough, you know, for Purdue. Good Lord. I mean, just one of the best playmaking wide receivers in college football. Here's the thing that disturbs me when I watch Ohio State. The talent has been there for years and years and years, and the big plays just keep happening. And the linebacker fitting uh, Minnesota just, you know, running the RPO game, the slants, the easy throws, taking what you give them, moving the ball. And you're right, they didn't get a lot of points, but I, I think Purdue obviously playing at a way higher level offensively. I think Purdue is going to score, but I also think obviously Ohio State will score. To me, fair. To me, it's about the physicalness of Ohio State's offense. I, I, I think that every team they play against, they're going to be able to move the football. Because of their offense, their playmakers on the outside, Dwayne Haskins' ability to throw the football. Here's the problem. When they get in the red zone, you've got to be a man and push people around. That's where the offensive line is not, very, is not very good. They need to get better in that aspect. When they get in the red zone, you know, J.T. Barrett, again, a running quarterback, gave you a little bit more in those areas and short yardage in red zone, that's a big problem for Ohio State. Go in the red zone against uh, Purdue and kick a few field goals and let them get in there and, and, and get a few touchdowns, and, and, and that's a recipe for an upset. And that's what Ohio State is, is the biggest concern for me moving forward with them is, is that red zone area for them on offense. All right, so we got the Ohio State stuff. Did I miss the Georgia excuses for the loss last week yet? No, no, you didn't miss. I'm just glad you're here now. By the way, it's good to see you here. I'm glad. I'm glad you can make time for your own podcast. Thanks for, uh, for joining us. Um, oh, I, but, I, I can't wait to see you in Pullman, boy. You're, you're getting a headlock. Yeah, well, put your hands on me and see how that works out for you, Sam. Steve. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, you're feisty no, today, brother. No I know. I'm just messing with you. I'm messing got, with you. I got the honey thing. Hey, we're about halfway through the year. I wanted to throw some hypothetical games at this. I know how you uh, you love the love the fantasy matchups, and uh, I just wanted you to put your pretend cap on. We built a brand new stadium in beautiful Bristol, Connecticut, and we're gonna have teams play it out. And you're gonna pick the games. And the first game I have right now is if those two teams played this week in Bristol, Connecticut, Notre Dame versus LSU. What's the score and who wins? Um, I would take LSU. Um, I think when, when, when I look at Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame is a team that doesn't have a lot of warts, and they're very good, but I also don't think they're sensational. Here's the thing, guys. How the heck do we bet against LSU? I mean, <laughs> LSU – you know what LSU is? LSU is the Alabama championship teams from the past six years minus two of You know, the, the, the four championships they won before that, that's what LSU is. Great defense. Phenomenal defense, mm. one of the best DCs in college football. The run game is really good, and the quarterback play is enough to win games. That's mm-hmm. what LSU is. So I would take LSU on a neutral side because defensively, they'd get after Ian Book. They'd force turnovers. Um, offensively, they would come at you over and over and over again, and they'd make enough plays. So I'd take LSU, and it'd be a 24-17 type game. All right, one more. How about UCF versus Washington State? Oh, Wow. Oh man! You like you like over, you like over, that one. Over under on that game would be one twenty. What would the over under <laughs> on that game be? I mean, Ninety seven and a half. I about to say, y'all are my game uh, gambling experts. <laughs> that would have to be a a high number because 
everybody, Mackenzie Milton, everybody knows he's, he's been awesome. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's unbelievable. He, he's really fun to watch. And people that don't watch him, it, it's kind of discouraging. If you just kind of write off UCF as a, you know, kind of a, a okay team, they, they, their offense is sensational. Their offense is absolutely dynamite. And I love what he does running the football, throwing the football. Last week in sloppy weather, they still found a way, obviously, to get it done. But it would be a high-scoring game, you know, because if, you, if you've watched uh, – golly, if you've watched Washington State, Minshew has been balling. I mean, yeah. he's going for at least 300 in every game. He's going to attempt 50 passes a game. He's going to throw for at least three touchdowns. You know, that, that literally would be a – that would be a first one to 60 wins the ball game. <laughs> Who are you picking? Uh, I would take UCF. What do you All think right. about that? Wow. Good fighter for this coming weekend. Yeah, but think about that. Watch, with UCF, you get McKenzie Milton. I just think I, he would make so many plays. I think it would be high scoring, but I think his feet and toughness, he would find a way to make a few extra. Beautiful. What about looking forward? Everyone wants to know about the playoff. You've got four power five unbeatens, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. How many of those do you think will be undefeated on Selection Day? We've had three power five unbeatens in the four years of the college football playoff, and now we got four with halfway through the year. You think, you think no, we get three of those four? We get two, we get one, we get none? I think at most you get two. Mm. At most. I just don't – we do this every year, Bear, and I, and I get a kick out of it. And I did the show last last Tuesday, and I'm on there with Joey Galloway, and, oh, there's going to be six unbeaten teams and blah, blah, blah. We do it every year. And then Pitt, Pitt happens, and then Syracuse happens. And this past week you see, I mean, Pitt almost happened again. And I, the, the upsets come, and, and they're going to come, and they're going to come in unlikely scenarios. And here's the thing, and here's why they come. Not only is that one team have a lot to lose and the pressure starts to build and every week matters, it's a perfect example of Michigan State and Penn State last week. Michigan State can fake two punts, two field goals. They can, they can kick an onside kick. They can go for it on fourth and four. They have absolutely nothing to lose. Nothing. So it, it, you play these rivalry games that mean so much late and you have teams with nothing to lose. That's a scary proposition to have one bad game and things could get sour. So that, that's why I don't think the undefeated uh, teams happen so much. I think you'll see some more slip up down the stretch. I think with two of injury, that's significant. I, I don't care if people want to write that off or not. When you run an RPO-based offense and the running of the quarterback is take that, taken out of the mix, it, it's a big, big deal. He is, he is the best player in college football probably from the pocket. But he's also the best player in college football when things break down of making magic happen. If that part of his game is gone, that Katie bar the door now we're really talking about more upsets coming. Alabama's not going to be the best team on the planet in the history of the earth, the best team ever invented, they invented football, all that stuff. Hey, one quick one, uh, Dave, before we let you go. Has, has Clemson's defense, what, what do you make it? I, I want to say what do you make. Have they met your expectations of what you had for them preseason? Um, no, I don't think they have. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and again, I have, I, I think, I think NC State's going to give Clemson all they can handle this week. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really do. I don't know what the number is. Bear, what's the number? 17. I, 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 I'm sure that, that's screaming bear, like take, take NC State, but 
I, I would take NC State. Here's the thing that NC State can do. They can protect the quarterback, and they can throw the daggum football all over the yard with a quarterback that's seen a bunch of coverages. Have Love you them. seen Clemson's coverage when they played teams that have a pulse? Keep in mind, to start the season, they played options to lose a team. Yeah. They played teams that only passed 13 times a game and, and sucked at it. And now you saw them against A&M, struggles. Against Syracuse, more struggles. Now you play a team, again, they can throw the football. NC State can block. NC State has a really good offensive line. There's a couple guys up front that you just go, man, they're really good. And defensively, they're physical. They're where they're supposed to be, and they'll tackle. Trevor Lawrence might need to make some plays in that game. Does he have a freshman moment? Does he make a few mistakes? I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Mm. Last week we had seven ranked teams on the road against unranked teams. Three of them lost. South Florida and UCF won by a point. A&M won by a field goal. Florida need to rally from double digits down to win at Vandy. This week we got six. Oklahoma at TCU, Cincinnati at Temple, Alabama at Tennessee, Penn State at Indiana, UCF at East Carolina, and Ohio State at Purdue. Which one is in the most jeopardy of getting upset? Last week I was all on board with that stat, and, and I said that at least two would go down, and I thought maybe three. Um, I, I think they were more obvious. This week I don't think they're as obvious. I don't think there will be. I don't think there will be as many. If I was guessing, I, I would say there would be one. And I'm I'm really tempted. And listen, NC State obviously is the higher ranked team. I'm really tempted right now to take a hard look at NC State mm. to, to pick that game. I mean, I just I like what I've seen last week, and we already talked about that. But th- I don't think this week is near as sexy as it was last week to pick some of those upsets. West Virginia. I got crushed by every West Virginia fan known to man when I critiqued their defense <laughs> last week and got yeah, called man, everything really. under the sun. How the blank, blankety blank can you possibly say that about us? Ooh, and, bad words. Yeah, and then and then they West Virginia. You know, I mean, it, so it, uh, if yeah. and if anyone didn't see that game, it was not even as close as the score indicated. Well, West Virginia no. scored on a blocked field goal. Yeah, blocked field goal, absolute game. domination by Iowa State. By the way, Ohio State's good. Or Iowa State, excuse me. Iowa State's a good football team. I love yes. what they do from a standpoint of offensively. First of all, David Montgomery, nobody talks about him. He's one of the best backs in college football, period. Period. And he was back healthy. And then you got a quarterback now that comes in with Brock Purdy that he's got some flair, some he'll pull it and throw it. He knows when to put some air on it. He knows when to rifle. He knows when to pump fake. Dude might pump, pump fake 12 yards down the field and still people are biting it. But – and, and not only that, so now he can run, Montgomery can run. Now you pull it out and you throw it to Butler, who's a matchup nightmare at six foot seventeen outside, and you just throw jump ball pollution to him. So I, mean, I tell you what, that they're not done beating, they're not done with the upset this season. And I know they pulled several last year. Iowa State's got plenty of other teams on their list, and I, I don't. Texas better watch out for Iowa State down the stretch. You brought up, you brought up an answer. I, I, I was going to say they they already played Oklahoma. And they already lost a close game to TCU, so I think Texas would be the most likely logical next spot. You brought up an interesting thing when you're you're tempted to take NC State on the money line to win that game. If you are holding, hypothetically, some people maybe. might be, maybe holding maybe. Clemson to make the college football playoff. Oh, man. This, could, this is the only spot I think Clemson could really slip up. If Clemson were to win this game, they're going to make the playoff and, and you'll be set, I think. So maybe you play NC State on the money line. Is you know what? If NC State wins, then they potentially could be the team 
from the Atlantic that makes the the ACC championship game and and keeps Clemson out of the playoffs. So it's kind of a a little bit hey. of a of a hedge at a really nice price. And how about this, Bear? Let's look at NC State the rest of the way, bro. Syracuse, Florida <laughs> State, Wake Forest, Louisville, UNC, and I think they finished with ECU. Now, you know what the funny thing about that is? If how, how they that ECU game was scheduled for December first, how about yeah? You know what? We'll we'll make that game up on December first. We're we're, we're not going to need to get worry about yeah. the ACC championship game. What what happens on on Sunday, Saturday night if they pull the upset? Yeah, about that game on December first. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're going to need to pull the card on that. Sorry, bud. We're, we're, hey, we'll pay you really nice though, Pirates. We'll get you paid because you ain't got to steal it. Hell yeah. Mr. Pollock, sir, we appreciate your time, and we look forward to uh, seeing you uh, Thursday night or Friday morning or whenever it's going to be in Pullman. Safe travels, I'll see man. you. Always, always love being with you guys, man. See you guys. All, All, right, All right. Thanks again to David Pollock. Uh, you got our noon pick from at the beginning. Uh, we're going to give a little late night, maybe a little Pac-12 after dark at the end of the pod. But let's get into to our picks of the week, Bear. Um we agreed on Temple. That's that's been a good omen for us moving forward. Uh, what what else have you got your eye on this week? Pollock has me a little concerned about Clemson NC State because mm. I initially thought Clemson would be the way to go here because that number is so big, enormous. And if you go back through time, through the annals of time, all the way back to 1994, there have been <laughs> eight times where a team was five and zero oh or better on the road, and were more than a 14-point underdog, none of those eight teams wind up covering. So history says when a line looks this big and it looks too good, they're undefeated, you got to take the dog, you might want to think again about doing that. So if you had to play that game, I know David likes NC State, and I made an argument for if you like, if you're holding a Clemson to make the playoff ticket, maybe you play NC State money line is a little, a, a little hedge. But if I had to play the game, if you just said here, here's 110 bucks, go play 110 to 100, I'd, I'd lay the points. So you would, but he has me worried. I want to ask you about the game that you're at because Arizona State. I, I, I kind of like the Sun Devils there. Yeah, um, I, it's uh, Bryce Love uh, practiced. Um, you know, last time we saw Stanford was probably one of the uglier games. Um, you know, that they've played in recent time. They're just giving the ball to Utah. And I want to talk about Utah at the end uh, because they they seem like they are steamrolling right now. But um, I don't know. I mean, the coaches, when I talk to the coaches, like, they're, they're, they're fine. They're just really upset to turnovers. Like, it's Stanford football. What's rule number one? Like, don't give the team extra chances against us because we want to do what we want offensively, which is run the ball, play action, you know, throw the jump balls to Jaws and, and the big tight ends. Um, so they're, they're happy with, with what they have, except for the lack of execution. You know, they don't have any issues that stand out to, to them as long as they're taking care of the football and not giving it away. When I watch it though, I, I, I don't like the offensive line. I, I haven't liked it. Um, and, and when you look at the stats, I think their first down offense is, I want to say ranked in the 120s. Well, that's what happens and, when you hand the ball off every first down and yeah. you're picking up one yard. And, and also the, the rush offense is, is, is that far down too, I think in yards per carry. So do I, I mean, it's just so hard to doubt. They've always come back and, and rallied from, from bad performances like this early in the year. 
But I look at the other side, I just see a very, very hungry Arizona State team with a chance to just shine in the national spotlight on a Thursday night. When you go back, their losses, where we got at Wazoo, uh, where we'll be at, that was a tough game. I watched that game. They were controlling the whole game, and then Esop caught a deep, a deep ball that turned that whole game around. They competed up at, up in Seattle against Washington when yep. people thought they were going to get yep. run. And then the game, the game in Boulder, which was a tie game, and yeah. Montez and, and Chanel just made one too many plays. So, I mean, Herms, Herms, you know, been not afraid to say, Hey, you know, I trust my coordinators. He did keep them there. You know, he didn't hire anybody. So it's a, it's a matter of Stanford's going to, I mean, they're not going to be able to just walk in and, and, and expect to win. They're going to have to play well, and I think they're going to have to play fortunate on defense, which is creating turnovers or getting some. So I think it's a huge game for Manny Wilkins, uh, who's obviously had has all the talent in the world. Um, so, I mean, Arizona State has the best receiver in, in, in the conference. I don't think that's any question. So it's very interesting. I, I think Stanford needs to play from ahead, obviously, because that's their MO of their whole, their whole program. Um, so I'm very interested to see how they come out though. Um, because they're going to get punched in the face. I think Herm is going to try and do some things defensively to, to try and jar that. And that's just run blitz in Stanford, which we've seen other teams do. So I would lean Arizona State for sure. I, I would too. And it, it sounds like maybe if you have a live betting scenario, that might be mm. you know, the, the way to go here and see how Stanford starts. And if they, if they get up, then, then maybe in a better position. So. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I think ASU would be the way to go. Uh, another game I like, I like Tulsa getting the seven at Arkansas. I mean, Tulsa, I looked at that game. That game is, go ahead, dude, but it's scary to me. Yeah, Tulsa's <laughs> a team that played Texas tough. Mm-hmm. How did they lose last week to South Florida is beyond me. Uh, on the flip side, you have Arkansas who blew the ton of injuries. Blew the game to Ole Miss. Now it's a non-conference game, and what what's a bigger deal? Even though it's Morris's first year uh, in in Fayetteville, it, it's yeah. a bigger deal for Tulsa to kind of to get a win. It, it some comes so close in a couple of games. If they could pick up win number two on the year potentially against an SEC team, uh, I think they could feel a little bit better about their season the, and the direction of the program under Montgomery. Uh, I think they had a good chance to win, and I certainly would take Tulsa plus the seven. Uh, that's a tough one. I watched a lot of that Arkansas game. Uh, might have had Arkansas money line last week, and that was just a brutal loss Ouch. to Ole Miss. Yeah, that was that was one that was right behind our UCLA pick for money line pick of the week. So uh, ended up going with that and got a little burned, but we're not going to complain because things are things are pretty good. I'm going to stick with uh, teams in the SEC that things aren't going well, and this. This could be the worst pick I've made all year. <laughs> I, I like I, the confidence. When I see the line, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I, yes, I'm going to take the favorite here, not giving a lot. And that's another noon game. It's Auburn. It's at Ole Miss. And I just can't – like I watched – I just mentioned I watched Arkansas Ole Miss. I did not watch a lot of Auburn and, and, and Tennessee last Consider week. Consider yourself lucky. Yeah. Um, I'm going to chalk that up to a bad – Stidham performance, and I watched this Ole Miss second, Ole Miss secondary and defense as a whole. There's not too many teams that are worse, and I just, I it's a trust factor with Malzahn. I, I I'm still a believer, and I just, 
they they just had to get that game out of themselves. There's too much talent on that team for them to 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 go to Ole Miss and not win by more than three. I'm sorry. And and, and if this is the cliff, you know, if this is the you know the 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 end all be all where you know because we've seen how, what happens with Auburn is when they go down. They're going all the way down. They're not hanging around, you know, trying to, you know, play 500 ball. It's either all in or it's empty. And I'm going to ride War Eagle here. They're giving three at Ole Miss. Uh, actually, three and a half now. So I'm going to take Auburn at Ole Miss, noon kickoff, SEC Network. Well, if Auburn fails to win this week, uh, they're going to have to beat A&M at home to, to make a bowl game because they're not going to go to Tuscaloosa yeah. and win. They're not no. going to go to Athens and win. And, uh, they should beat Liberty. But if they were to lose this week, I, I think five and seven becomes a very real potential. I, I did not think that the Auburn under nine and a half wins ticket at Westgate would be cashed with a loss to the Vols on the, uh, on the, in the second week of October. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. So that's just a hunch. I, I just think there's too much talent on that team. Speaking of hunch and talent. <laughs> I think Mississippi State is in a good position here at LSU. LSU coming off the emotional upset win early in the year. Beat Miami, come back the next week, didn't cover against a team they completely overmatched, Southeast Louisiana. Upset win over Auburn, came back the next week, won ho-hum versus Louisiana Tech. Another upset win over Georgia. Now you're laying six and a half against a really good defense. Uh, can they continue to get up and get the defensive performances that they have week in and week out and make just one or two plays? Because efficiency-wise, their offense is terrible. But they seem to find a way to make a play or two here or there to offset seven or eight really bad plays. I, I don't know if it's going to be as easy against the Mississippi State defense, especially at the defensive front, that's uh, that's pretty good. So I think LSU will win, but I'd be very interested in taking the uh, the six and a half points with the Bulldogs. I looked at this one too, Bear, and I just kept thinking about the motion of Louisville, or Louisville, LSU last week. Still can't get Louisville out of your no, head. No, I can't. I can't. They're out of bye week too. Uh, LSU off that win against Georgia, and then I think back to last year when Mississippi State just spanked them. Uh, you know, in front of all the cowbells, 37-7. So that's a very, very interesting game, uh, this week that I'm sure, um, will have, uh, plenty of eyeballs on it just to see. Cause you know, the LSU naysayers are still out there and the coat and the, the non-coach O believers, they're still out there and it gets me mad. Like, what else does the guy have to do? Last game before Bama. We said, Said it at the time, like people who were like rolling their eyebrows. Is it just like too crazy to work, and uh, that that it will work? And so far, so good. Yeah, they've they've had an unbelievable run ATS too against in a in SEC play. So we'll see if that that continues. But I, I be interested in Mississippi State this week. I don't think they're going to score a ton of points, but uh, I think their defense will keep them in the game. Yeah, I believe that ninety four is an animal for. Mississippi State, I love that kid. Um, I'm going to go to a game in the American, back to the American. You know how much I love the American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually, I looked at almost every game in that conference this week and had a lean. But um, I'm going to look at UCF on the road Saturday night at ECU. And I was just 
looking at some numbers here, we know how fortunate UCF was last week. But the over-under 66. Now, last week, ECU lost 42-20 to at home to Houston. And Houston, you know, people want to make a big deal about Kendall Bryles and this offense, how it's legit and, you know, a lot better than it has been. But I look at the other side, and I see ECU putting 20 up against Houston's defense. Now, when I go back and I look at the the box score, Scotty Montgomery, the ECU head coach, went to this true freshman, Holton Ollers, who led the team on two late touchdown drives, and now he's going to start at quarterback. It was one one late touchdown drive too few. Uh, Correct. (laughs) But when I look at that, maybe a little momentum going, we know UCF's defense is not their strength. Um, however, UCF obviously is still going to need the style points. So I think they're going to have to score 48 plus, And I think they can. And I think ECU will, 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 will score some points. Last week, the over under for ECU and Houston was 70. And they obviously missed that, as you pointed out. I'm going to take the over here with UCF and ECU. It's 66. I just, I just feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game uh, with the combination of new offense for ECU and uh, knowing that ECF needs style points. I'm going to, I'm going to look at the primetime game in that. I'll be, I think myself and Mr. Herb street and Maria and and, and Darren Brown and and Kenley will be the, the first group of human beings ever (laughs) to go from Pullman, Washington to West Lafayette, Indiana on a college football Saturday. I'm looking forward to my entry in the in the game. How's that going to work? Is Fowler going to be like checking in with you? Like, hey, are you guys all right? Like, am I going to have to do this solo? <laughs> Fowler might not be. Bill Bell might be the producer of the team. He might get a little a little all concerned right. about our whereabouts. But <laughs> Purdue is going to score points on Saturday night. Uh, you look at that. I, I mentioned it to, to Pollock there in the interview. Uh, like you, you see in the bottom, Ohio State only allowed what 14 points, whatever it was, to Minnesota. But they allowed a couple of long drives and a couple of big plays, and now, like I said, you're facing the offense, the offense in the Big Ten that's fit, uh, that 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 has produced more 25 yard plays than in the other offense in the country, in the conference rather. Uh, they're going to score points, and last year we, we saw Ohio State as a two touchdown favorite on an opponent's home field. The last time they were in this role, they went to Iowa and they got blitzed. Uh, there's some symmetry there, but I think this, you look at Jeff Brom, he's seven and two against the spread with, as an underdog with four outright wins. The one loss, uh, this year to Missouri was in a last second field goal. They should have beaten them probably outright. Uh, they've covered seven of the last ten against Ohio State. Ohio State away from home. Maybe get a little rattled this week potentially. The most, the most of the news, I mean, they've been without him. So mm-hmm. I'm not making anything into that, but. No. I think Ohio State's going to score some points, but I think Purdue is going to be right there with them for a long time in this game, and uh, I certainly would take Purdue plus the uh, 13 and a half. Wow. Okay. I would lean towards the over in that game also because I think that's going to be, no matter what scenario happens, like when I say that, like whoever jumps out, say 10, 13, 14, nothing, there's a scenario I see where the other team comes back and maybe ties it or takes the lead sure. because of the emotion in the building with Purdue, as you mentioned, and obviously Ohio State still having the talent to do it, as we saw in Happy Valley. Um, really, really interesting game to me, though. Um, but I could just see plenty of ISO shots of 
Purdue defense coordinator Nick Holt losing his mind. Glasses down. Oh, and you know, God. Absolutely going crazy. <laughs> Clipboard, you know, just flying <laughs> open with notes. Uh, but that, yeah, that's, that, that's a really, really exciting game to me on, on Saturday. Um, I have to go back to a team that has been talked about plenty on this podcast. Indiana? No, by, by the they, way, I appreciate they have less wins than, than I, Indiana. I appreciate the reminder from someone on Twitter. <laughs> I they, saw they set their they set their uh, their calendar to remind me to stay away from Indiana versus Penn State. I appreciate because I, I was I, I admit I was a little tempted. I saw that number and I'm like, it's north of two touchdowns, uh, and I got 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 the reminder, the mandate, got a hold by it. Penn State, Indiana, go away. Three thirty Eastern. In Lincoln, if they don't win this one, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Well, they'll 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 win the uh, the non FBS. They'll, they'll they'll beat that. All right. Well, we're trying to get a conference win here. All right. We're trying to build a program. How did they lose that game last week? <sighs> I watched the whole game, Bear. Watched the whole game, and I know Dusty was on the call, and he was just talking about how the onside kick. He questioned the onside kick, but it all went. Perfect. And I give Fitzgerald a lot of credit, man. Like he knew he could take a chance with the outside because he still had trust in his quarterback. And what gets me to this is what I saw in person in, in Madison with Nebraska is Nebraska is not a bad football team. They're just so below average talent wise on the defensive side of the ball. And you could draw up all the schemes you want. And your, your offense could go out and score 31 on the road, uh, and lose in overtime. The week before you put up 24 in Madison, you lose. The week before that, you put up 28 against Purdue, you lose. You know, it's, it's just the recipes there. So you, I think this also has a factor of Minnesota, everybody watching last week and like, wow, Minnesota fighting, you know, hanging around with Ohio State. Ohio State didn't want any piece of that game. You know, let's, I mean, let's be honest. So I think it was a fortunate situation for Minnesota, whereas they go in, there's not many more times that Nebraska, the home crowd is going to get into us. They got Illinois at home and Michigan State at home. That's left for home games with Bethune Cookman the following week, uh, after this week. Um, mixed in with a couple trips to Columbus and, <laughs> and Kinnick. Um, so I just, there's two. I like the over in this game. You got to ride it. Uh, like I said, the, the the below talent, the below average talent on defense for the Huskers. And I I I love the kid, man. I watch him every week with Adrian Martinez. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's fearless, and he's really improving his throwing and his accuracy. And they do have receivers. Uh, Kurt Warner's kids a walk on receiver. Stanley Morgan Jr.'s on that team. Um, they got talent on on offense. And I think they could score enough. They're given. Let's see. What's the updated? Uh, I I saw three, three, and, three and a half, I think, right? Three and a half. So we're going to lay to three and a half, and we're going to take the over 56. Uh, I, I feel like a, another 38 30 game. Um, but the Huskers win one, and uh, one of my favorite fan bases will finally get to celebrate a win, which has taken a little bit longer than everyone in the world imagined or expected i should say pac 12 not after dark i do what? i do have a game not after dark to, to the, the bail out 11:59 eastern game at, out in the uh, the hawaiian islands i got that uh-huh. one coming up but uh 
Pac-12 down the road in Corvallis. Um, we we both thought Cal could be potentially uh, a bowl team this year, but their season has taken a uh, a turn south. Their offense has really really struggled lately. Yeah. Um, you, you lose last week to UCLA. Now you got to go on the road to Oregon State. At least Oregon State State's offense they put up some points at times this year. Uh, I, I was an under. They have plenty of talent on offense. I was an under two and a half wins guy on on, on Oregon State this year, and you I are. feel pretty good about that right now because I don't think there are two <laughs> wins on the remaining schedule for the Beavers. But I think this is like the only chance they have to win a game. So I, I, I think at home you'll get a really good effort uh, against a team that kind of still figuring things out at quarterback. I thought they'd be a little bit further along than they are right now. Going mm-hmm. on the road, coming off of a loss to a team that hadn't won a game, I, I got to wonder about Cal's uh, mentality right now and, and the way their season's headed. I, I think Oregon State is probably more excited to play this game with a chance to win. Whether they win or not, I don't know. But uh, I, I think Oregon State getting six and a half or uh, seven, I think a couple of spots there at home is the, uh, the side that I would be on. Yeah, no pressure, Dirty Golden Bears. The season over under win total rides on this game, uh, so no pressure. Um, but I do think it's a very interesting point uh, when reading Wilcox post game last week where he's like, this is a program loss. We didn't do one thing right. So, And I go back to that quarterback decision he made, man. Like He, he, he decided to start the young kid that he recruited, and – I guess it was just one of those deals where you take a step back before you take a step forward. You know, playing playing a kid with not a lot of experience at quarterback. Um, so it's a really interesting spot. It's you're, you're dead on with what the atmosphere will be in Corvallis because that is not a place you want to go when they are hungry and and need a win. And you're not playing well because it's a it's just a tough tough place to play. Um, no matter how bad the talent is of Oregon State. Hey, gents, every man looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. Indochino is expanding into casual clothing with made-to-measure chinos. We make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. And we all know, with a guy like me and my body type, how important that is. Here's how it works. Visit a stylist at our showroom and have them take your measurements personally. Or measure yourself at home and shop online at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O dot com. Choose your fabric inside and out. Choose your design customizations. Submit your measurements with your choices. Relax while your suit gets professionally tailored and mailed to you in a couple of weeks. This week, our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $359 at Indochino dot com when entering behind the bets at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code behind the bets for any premium suit for just $359 in free shipping. It's just an incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit. Indochino are also expanding into casual clothing. Your made-to-measure chinos will quickly become your go-to pant, pairing easily with a suit jacket, just as they do with a sweater. And they'll be good for any time of the year, for any occasion, from boardroom meetings to Sunday brunches. Indochinos at an introductory price of $79. Um, I'm going to look. My next thing is a couple uh, later games in the evening. <clears throat> uh, I'm not sure you're giving these out in the column yet. But I look at UCLA's at 7.5. 
Obviously, Khalil Tate. Uh, that's the Pac-12 after dark game, correct? Yesterday is 10.30, ESPN2. The, 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 the lack of Khalil Tate game. Yeah. Uh, it's, um, I don't know. I, I, I just think UCLA, I watched them last week. We mentioned Cal. Like, they kind of got it rolling, man. They're playing really well. They're playing, the, obviously, the Chip Kelly fast style, and they're playing hard. And I just think that this is a spot where Rich Rod's kid's going to start a quarterback. Uh, he didn't show much to me against Utah last week when he came in. Now I get that. It's a brutal situation to come in on the road in Salt Lake City. Um, but I think UCLA, the offense looks good, man. Like it's a, it's a, it's like a baby, baby Oregon offense. And, uh, I'll take the chipper late at night to, to cover the seven and a half. Even later at night, I, uh, I oh hinted it before. Uh-huh. Nevada getting three at Hawaii. Uh, our, our numbers have this game as a pick'em. You look at Nevada the last couple of weeks had to face two of the better defenses uh, in the Mountain West. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boise and Fresno uh, didn't fare too well uh, in one of the games without Ty Ganji, the starting quarterback. But th- this team has scored points and moved the ball on, on a bunch of different teams this year. Mm-hmm. Now I-, I think Hawaii has kind of plateaued this season. Started off great. Last couple of weeks haven't been too good. They, they, look, they were terrible. Uh, defensively last week in BYU. And I, I think Nevada, with Ganji coming back a quarterback, uh, like he played last week, I, I think the Wolfpack, two words, should be able to put up a good hmm. number of points uh, out in Hawaii. And potentially On the that, island. Potentially win that game. Wow. Okay. That's that's the absolute late get-back game. Uh, one, what do you think of USC and Utah? Well, I, I know Clay Helton has been terrible as an underdog. I think he's 1-10 against the number. Uh, as USC head coach is a dog, so that, that's my my first impression. And then you lose Porter Gustin uh, on, on your defense; that, that's a massive loss moving forward. And, and Utah is a team in the in, in the South that controls its destiny. And it, offensively, they're starting to get things together a bit, and and that's a defensive front you want no part of. And we know for the better part of what three years now, USC's had trouble on the offensive line. Uh, Utah's given them problems in, in, in the past. I, I, I'd have to, I, I hate laying six and a half in, mm-hmm. in, 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 with Utah just because they have trouble scoring points. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I think Utah's going to win that, that, that side. I think going to run the table. Run the table. So that, not only, that, that means not only a win this week, but they beat uh, Oregon when Oregon goes to Rice Eccles. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I I like what I've seen out of that team the last couple of weeks, man. They, I, I it's I, I've talked about that place too. Uh, I mean, you've been there also. It's I, I just Daniels on the road in that spot. You mentioned the Gustin loss, which is huge. They can't run the football, Bear. I want to say, I think I looked this up. Now they came off a bye. Now credit to them. They 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 came out and they beat Colorado last week. By the way, you know how many home games Clay Helton's ever lost as a USC head coach? I believe it's one, right? Uh, but I believe it's zero. Zero? Yeah. Like, I know it's what an eighteen game home winning streak. I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy. I think it was. Uh, yeah, I think it made it nineteen. <clears throat> but what scares me about USC and this this stuff really scares me when you go on the road, especially to a place. In, in like Salt Lake City and Rice Eccles, USC came off of a bye 
after beating Arizona to play Colorado last week, Barrett, they didn't rush for a yard in the first half. That's incredible. With, that's, with, 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 the, the, with the backs that they have. Exactly. That scares me, man. When you're going to go on the road and you're going to be that one-dimensional, I, I, I give me Utah. At night, uh, where we got, 5 o'clock local time, 6 o'clock local time. Um, yep. I, I, I like Utah in this spot. It, this is just – every year it feels like this is when Utah starts playing like the best team in the league. Um, but that could just be me. I could totally be wrong about that. Well, there'll be a lot of people um, about six weeks from now, five weeks from now, uh, hoping that the USC home winning streak extends. Mm. Uh, they'll, they'll be banking on Clay Helton pulling upset over over Notre Dame uh, to potentially keep the Irish out of the playoff. Because if you're not a if you're a fan of one of those other teams looking for that <laughs> fourth spot or a an anti Notre Dame uh, person. Uh, you, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be banking on Clay Helton and, the, and USC to win that game. Yeah. Um, I have one other question about the Pac-12, and then I want to do some travel mm-hmm. itinerary chat with you. Mm-hmm. How the hell does the general counsel and senior vice president of business affairs for the Pac-12 conference <laughs> get involved with freaking review plays? I have no idea. Come on, I man. mean, really? Holy Christmas. And I was watching that game that night. If you guys don't know what we're talking about. Yeah, Washington State-USC. It's, it's, it's Woody Dixon, the Washington State-USC game. Got involved with an obvious targeting call. And it's crazy. Like, I remember watching the game with McElroy's on the call. He's like, if that's not targeting, I don't what know is? what is. Um, but, yeah, that was just – I'm out in Pac-12 country, so I'm going to start asking some questions to people out here. So if, you, if you're a Pac-12 official and, and you get win that that guy is just, is like – Involved in the replay? Rever- Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Unreal. You got a money line for us this week? Uh, I do. Oh, man, man, man. Because I, I, I mean, you, you know. The Wake dro- Forest. Ooh. Wake Forest. We, 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 and I also watch out Navy. Man, Navy. I, I thought Navy would, would get. We get Temple last week. It was a good win for Temple on the road. Navy was. played well. Yep. But, um, That's why it was an even better win, I thought, for Temple. You know the drill. You play all the dogs I give you. Uh, sprinkle a little on the money line. I'm going through the, uh, the the list now as well to see if I can find something else for you. I should have been. I thought more people would be taking Michigan State. You know, Pollock made a good point, though, in that game. Isn't that a really good scenario for Michigan not to – uh, get a little get get big headed after that one last week. You, you, you're, they're not the same team on the road, Bear. No, they're not. Oh, I know the two games they've been you know? away from home. They were needed a big comeback to beat Northwestern, and uh, Notre Dame handled them as well. So we'll we'll see if that continues or not. Why not? You know what? Let's take a stab with Memphis getting nine and a half at Missouri. All right, and, and, and think maybe that'd be a nice one. Maybe the wheels have come off the, uh, the 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 Missouri train, and Memphis can pick themselves up off the mat after allowing a fourth and one on their own twenty nine yard line to go for a seventy one yard touchdown run to completely turn that game around. <laughs> <laughs> Memphis Bears, not forgiving you, but if you win this week, you will. I will. Yes, I, yes, I will. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, yes, I will. <laughs> uh, so this week, obviously, are you good with picks? 
Yeah, I'm good. We got to talk about old Crimson here. I'm good. Uh, I'm in Arizona. I mentioned uh, I'll be at the Stafford game Thursday night, and then I'm flying to Pullman through Spokane Friday afternoon, uh, trying to get in. uh, I figured you guys would be doing stuff Friday. Right from this, right from the set, right? You'll be there all oh, day. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be my my day. I'll start at five a.m. Pacific with uh, McElroy and Arthur, the first team on Sirius right. XM eighty four. So I'll probably, my 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 alarm will ring at four forty five on Friday morning. Uh huh. And, and, we'll, and we'll kick it off, and then yeah, we'll have our production meeting, and we'll bang out some some college football live shows, uh, some Sports Center hits, all sorts of good stuff throughout the day. How excited are the guys? Very. Very. Uh, it's something that we, we've wanted to do for a long time. And just just the, 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 the ridiculousness. I don't want to say ridiculous. It's kind of been, has a negative connotation, but like the, the passion and like the dedicate. Like this was a fan base. I mean, they had some brutal years when, when Mike Price left. Some brutal years. And every, every week there's that Washington State flag. Some, either an alum or someone yeah. is finding its way to, Wherever the heck we are, in proudly displaying that flag, trying to get the show ultimately up to Pullman one year, and and, and here we are. And you know, you know what the best thing about it is, is it's not just like ah, it's a garbage week. Let's just get it over with. We'll go to Pullman. We'll give them what they want. It's ranked versus one of four. There are four ranked versus ranked games this yeah. week, and it's this a great is, game. And this is one of them. And it's basically a pick'em game, and the line is. Bounced all over the place from two one way to two or three the other. Uh, it, it's probably going to decide the Pac-12 North or could decide uh, the, the Pac-12 North. And, and, and you, you could make a case, I think, LSU fans, Georgia fans, Michigan fans would prob- may disagree. But you could make a case that Oregon's the best one-loss team out there. I mean, they're certainly the closest to being undefeated, that's for sure. Absolutely. And what's, what I'm afraid of is Oregon – and this is why I asked David Washington State versus UCF because if Washington State wins this game, they're not going to get the national credit they deserve as if no. Oregon wins this no. game. And that's that's what I feel. And But on the other side, you will finally really get a taste of like a real Pac-12 home fan base like up, up there. It's going to be off the chain, that, that game day crowd Saturday. Like I can't. Wait to see the energy for that show. Um, I would imagine Leach is going to come on. We're hoping. All I, right. You, you typically, I think the only home coach who hasn't joined us this year was Jim Harbaugh. Oh. Um, but so I, I think every other every other home coach that we've had has been on the show. Other than He'll get up. Uh, Just make sure we got the coffee hot. That absolutely. guy drinks more coffee than <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I'll say, if he if he is coming on, I think we certainly need to be ready to adjust the rundown dramatically because he will he has a tendency to 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 go on with things and say He's some interesting best. things and some oh I was gonna say no, it's not in a bad way he will tell some stories and oh yeah and I, and it, and it's great television but we may need to <laughs> potentially get ready to kill a piece or drop a drop a tape or kill a comment by an analyst and. But hopefully, uh, I'm, I'm sure the request has been out. I just haven't heard for sure if he is or isn't. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I, can't, I, don't see, I don't see why he wouldn't. Can't wait. Cannot wait to get up there. I mentioned I played up there um, 
And what I thought was the one of the best atmospheres I've ever been in. I don't know if I talked about this. Did I mention this at the beginning of the podcast or no? No, you did not. Uh, 1997, Washington State needs to win to clinch a winner-take-all Apple Cup. Uh, we need – Stanford needs to win to try and get a bowl game. And Ryan Leaf, we, uh, I believe we were up – we were up two scores a bunch. And Ryan Leaf just released an unbelievable comeback. They come back and win 38-28. He strikes the Heisman on the field, gets carried off. That's the last game he plays because the Apple Cup was at Seattle that year. They go on. Playing the Rose Bowl, obviously, yes, we know there's still time left on the clock. Um, but one of the best nights I've ever, like, atmosphere-wise, it was absolutely incredible. And I know it's going to even be better for game day. Um, and that's over 20 years ago. Uh, so it's I'm, – I'm really fired up. Those people deserve it. And Washington State's the best story in college football this year, uh, because unfortunately, because of what happened in the offseason. Like, can't imagine what those kids have gone through and – I'm so happy that they've they've gotten their program into this into this position where they are uh, leading up to this this weekend. Can, can you help? Can you help us out? Actually, what's up? We can't find popcorn guy. Oh my god! We tried it on the show the other night. We, we did it. Find best available window. Gene, Gene Wojciechowski has been searching high and low for him, <laughs> and we can't find him. Supposedly, someone said like he doesn't want like any publicity from it because he's embarrassed. What's I to bet. be embarrassed about? It's I mean, great. if there's ever a time to come back and and, and show be, your you, face, yeah, you, you, say, you could be a legend. You potentially could be the guest picker on the show if you come on show your face, and you would never have to pay for another drink at the Coog ever again. So, if you know where Popcorn Guy is, try and talk him into Seriously. showing his face and have him be sitting down with our guy Gino. Are we gonna get together for a meal or something? Well, I, I would think Friday night. I think you have to All eat right. dinner, and I have to eat dinner, and I, I think. That sounds like a good plan. All right, uh, and you'll be at the we'll we'll be at the game day set pretty much all Friday. So if people want to come over, say hello, and then yep, we'll obviously be Saturday. Yep, we'll be and there. I know you got to work on Saturday, so yeah. So yeah, Saturday Saturday morning is going to be a little <laughs> a little tough. And that's that's the that's the only thing I'm disappointed about this weekend is that I can't stay for the game. Yeah, I want to stay for the game so Me badly too. because it's going to be a really good game yep. and I, and I, I want to see the payoff of from the morning to the game and a, and how things pay pay yeah. so uh, I wish I could stay but unfortunately I I need to fly east I'm with you I'm also I got to get in for Sunday so I'll not be able to stay for the game but I'll be there for all game day um anything else on your end sir I ha- I I'm, I have nothing else uh, uh, I I'm, I'm 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 as good as could be you are you are white hot. If you want to rip through your picks again really quickly to help everybody Oh, yeah, we're going to do the Big Mike gotta, Happy gotta, Recap. Big, big Mike Happy Recap. All right. Uh, uh, we're Here we go. Stanford Steve's picks. Temple over in the UCF game. Nebraska. Nebraska over 56. Auburn minus three and a half. Again, that's Temple minus three. UCF over under 66. Nebraska Minus three and a half, over under fifty six. Auburn minus three and a half. And, and, and for me, and yours, you can give me Temple minus the three. You can give me Arizona State plus two and a half. Give me Tulsa plus seven. Give me Mississippi State plus six and a half. Nevada plus three. Purdue plus thirteen and a half. Oregon State plus seven. And gosh, I have a feeling Clemson's going to win big. So <laughs> if you feel if you're feeling lucky. You feel like you got a couple extra shekels in the pocket? I would 
I'd I'd lay the points, even though I disagree <laughs> with my guy Pollock on that one. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I mean, he got my my ears perked up when I heard him talking about that. So that's going to be really really interesting. And they played well when they went there last time two years ago. They did. Lost they did. on a little, little, little different team though up front yeah. up front on defense. So I think. love Finley. Looking forward to watching him play. Um, all right, I will see you around lunchtime Friday in the Palouse. I cannot wait. Looking forward to it, and just always remember, especially with my man who's what twenty five and seven. Is that what you're right now? Twenty five nine and one. Twenty five nine and one. The less you bet, the more you lose when you win. <laughs>